This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hi, this is Iana, Adeline, and Lija from the Padawan Report. And you're listening to the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. May the force be with you. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, thanks for tuning in to this week's show, The Evolution of Nerds. So this episode has me really thinking about a lot that was said and the fact that sometimes we ignore our own mental health or forget that what we say and how we act off and on social media platforms has real world impact on other people. We each grew up in different ways and we really don't know how people will react to what is said, be it different sensibilities, upbringing, or just the state of our own mental health. That being said, We hope you enjoy this episode while also thinking about how actions speak louder than words sometimes. This episode brings together three people that have had distinct experiences growing up, and some of us got bullied as younger versions of ourselves, some of us not so much. As you go about your daily lives, please be kind to each other and treat each other like the brothers and sisters that we are. And remember, you are appreciated. Geeks to the core humans to a fault and that's the scuttlebutt once again thank you all for joining us this week on an all-new scarif scuttlebutt podcast i am ro coming to you straight from the windy city and uh our friend from the land of retirees and golf courses our great sunny state of florida Chantel Skywalker, how's it going? What an intro. Yeah. Accurate, but what an intro. <laughs> it's funny, in the notes, I have LOL after that Skywalker dig. I guess I, I wanted to make sure that I, I didn't say that with a straight face. I don't know about that. <laughs> Did you know that, uh, I'm going to give you a fun fact. Did you know that approximately a thousand people a day retire and move to Florida each day? Where are you putting these people? I don't know why. I keep saying we need to shut down and we're full and we're at capacity. Please go away. <laughs> There's enough people living here. Yeah, are you you're full all right. Another oh, Florida yeah. fun fact. Here's another Florida fun fact. There there are no dinosaur fossils in Florida. What do you make of that? Really? Yeah, that's what they say. Did we not just say that there's a large retirement community here? (laughs) Oh, those kind of fossils. Ah, I gotcha. That's so mean. Respect your elders. (laughs) Awesome. So we are recording tonight, Wednesday, August 25th. And uh, actually, it's uh, our friend Rachel's birthday. Happy birthday, Rachel. Happy birthday, Rachel. And I know uh, we are all uh, going to head up to her channel after mm-hmm. we record to say happy birthday and uh, kind of hang out with her. I will be on with her, actually. So. Oh, very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Making the rounds again. Yep. So yes. as of this recording tomorrow, we will be dropping the Monsters episode, which we had a lot of fun recording with our new friend, uh, Andrea. And uh, Andy was such a delight. I'm sure we'll have her on another show, but I wanted to drop a couple of mentions um, based on uh, that show that we're dropping tomorrow. Some uh, some of our internet friends, 
uh, our followers uh, commented on our monsters question. Um, I wanted to see if I can get your your comments on there. So we've got uh, Josh Sithcare Bear says that uh, one of his favorite monsters was uh, was the Wolfman. He says I've always loved the tortured dynamic of the Wolfman. He doesn't want to be a monster yet he is. The tragedy of it gives the character more depth than many monsters of that era. What do you think of that? I had actually seen that comment and I actually, I very much agree. And I would venture to say that you could probably say that about most of these monsters. I think they're all tragic. I definitely feel have always felt that way about Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. Um, especially at the end. I mean, he didn't, he didn't ask to be brought back to life, you know, this being and to then be, hounded by the village people and burned alive in a windmill it's 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 tragic and, and it makes me sad and i hate that so I, I think that's why i've always had a connection to these monsters because they're all so misunderstood you know i'm gonna drop ymca in the in the oh, edit after you said God. the village people right no, here we so go sorry yeah. oh, man. gotta happen gotta right happen Yeah, so yeah, mm-hmm. Sith Care Bear Josh also mentions that Frankenstein's monster is another favorite of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar reasons. It's hard to vilify them as they were more victims than monsters. And okay. I guess I guess he has a point. Definitely has a point. Um, another one of our followers, Mr. Williams World, who goes by Darth Vengeance. He mentions that Dracula is one of his favorite. He had uh, everything needed for a great movie, plus who doesn't love Bella Lugosi? And we talked about the actors back in the day with Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh, really great. I would love to have uh, been alive uh, during and Me too. I don't No wisecracks now. I was not alive, <sighs> but I would love to have been alive and uh, just to kind of hang out with those actors. You know, we talked about Lon Chaney doing his own makeup in the studio and stuff like that. So it's uh, really cool. It's uh, quite a uh, quite a feat uh, back in the what is that? The 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and forties, it's, it's amazing thing. What do you, uh, what do you think about, uh, I know we talked about during the episode, but the actors, who was your favorite? Who is my favorite? I have always been more partial to, um, Boris Karloff. Uh, we're talking about the monsters. Yeah. Just because again, I love Frankenstein and I always loved the mummy. So I know, you know, he's always been the one for me. Absolutely. So we got uh, another comment from Kayla Telford on Twitter. And uh, Kayla mentions that uh, Grandpa is a favorite. And I'm assuming it's Grandpa (laughs) from the Munsters. There you go. Because despite being a – this is cute. Despite being a vampire, he's caring and thoughtful. Yeah. Yes, they all are. I love the monsters. <laughs> it's funny that we mentioned this because I was actually looking through some of my DVDs. Yes, I still have DVDs. And I used to watch the monsters, the reruns, but I also used to watch two movies that they did. And I almost popped it in yesterday. And one of them oh, is nice. with Sid Caesar. And oh, I used to watch it so much as a kid. And I, I should have popped it in because oh, what a trip down memory lane that would have been. Fantastic. Sid Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Sid Caesar. Let's get on to our main topic. Uh, as usual, we have a friend and a patron of the podcast tonight that is joining us. Uh, looking forward to this conversation. So you met him here in Chicago for ScarifCon, and he joined us at the after party at the Birdcage. And <laughs> I won't tell if you won't. Nope. 
97 Bravo. How's it going, brother? What's going on, man? How you guys doing today? <laughs> hey, Bravo. <laughs> hey. Yeah, that was a fun night. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, still, some of us are still recovering. Yeah. What goes on at the birdcage stays at the birdcage. It's expensive Absolutely. therapy. Yeah. We, uh, we definitely have to get them to sponsor next year because yes. we're going to lose a lot of brain Those cells there. Flamingo Absolutely. drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bravo, I wanted to uh, quickly ask you, uh, can you give us your elevator pitch on The Convergence? That's uh, your show, which also happens to be part of the net, uh, the Red 5 Network. What uh, What is The Convergence all about? Uh, in a nutshell, it's the crossroads of reality and escapism where the real world news and entertainment news, pop culture collide. I talk about all of them. Awesome. Awesome. Very nice. Very nice. I am in the middle of your latest one. You're talking, uh, you got a little serious there talking about, uh, the things that are going on in, in, uh, today's news, especially with, uh, Afghanistan. So I'm, uh, finishing that one up uh good that, stuff good stuff yeah that one's a little that one's not that one's not fun but necessary i don't know if that makes sense yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, sometimes know. you you know more for me than anything else I, I there were some things i had to say so it's it's a little spicy so go into it with that <laughs> I like spicy. with knowing <laughs> absolutely so uh tonight's topic on the scare of scuttlebutt podcast we're talking about the evolution of the nerd and um it's uh we we scheduled this uh, a while ago but uh you know we got a little delayed here but i'm glad we got back into it um one of the things and the reason i wanted to talk to you bravo about this specifically is because you know we all have kind of a preconceived notion of what a nerd is, what a geek is. I wanted to ask you guys uh, individually what uh, what your definition is of a nerd or geek. Bravo, I'll start with you. Uh, I, I think it depends on what era you're talking about. I think that part of what I was discovering and going over uh, the topic was where the the inception of the word and then what it how it changed over time and what it means today. What it means today um, is completely different than what it means like back when my dad was growing up. You know what I'm saying? Back with the greasers and and all that stuff. But I think when you think of a traditional nerd, you think of someone who um, almost like a savant. They're extremely knowledgeable and passionate about typically like technical stuff or, or science fiction or something kind of off the beaten path than let's say like a normal action movie or comedy or stuff like that. That's it's more cerebral or like your, your star Trek and those kinds of things where it's, it's taking into account more than just the story. There's more gravitas to the whole thing. I think that the nerd, the idea of the nerd sort of stems from the traditional from the eighties, you know, wearing the clothes that, they liked, but didn't fit in, you know, suspenders or, you know, pants too high pocket protectors, pocket protectors, (laughs) or, you know, the Dickie shoes or any, any number penny, penny loafers, you know, just kind of out of time. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that it just sort of blurred, uh, over time. Um, but yeah, I think it ultimately depends on what era, you know, what era specifically that you're talking about. Sure, sure. So let me ask you this, Bravo. Do you use the words nerd and geek interchangeably? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. 
All right. Weirdo. All right. I mean, it just depends on the on the you know who you're who you're talking to. I mean, weirdo. What'd you just what'd you just call me? <laughs> weirdo. <laughs> uh, so, some people have kind of adopted freak, or you know, sure, they're more yeah. let's say on an extreme or something like that. But but yeah, there's there's a multitude of different call use use all of them interchangeably. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and we'll get to. Uh, you know, there's a certain aspect of the nomenclature, the names that are used, uh, especially growing up, which we'll definitely get to because I know a lot of people have an issue uh, or have had issues with being called a nerd because of what they like, uh, you know, especially in you know high school, growing up, whatever. Uh, and we'll get to it because it's a topic I really want to talk about. But uh, Shanti, what about you? Uh, how do you describe a nerd and or a geek? From to your experience, some, to somewhat mimic actually what Bravo was saying, and I know you like to throw it in my face that I'm younger than all of you, but such a baby, <laughs> such but, a little baby. <laughs> but um, the evolution happened rather quickly and rapidly. Okay. After I left high school, I wish I would have uh. been in school now. Honestly, I would have probably fared a lot better. Um, but to me, it boils down to it's a passion and it's a passion for something that is outside of society's standards and whatever that may be. Because at this point, I would kind of even like to wipe away the word altogether at this point, because everyone has a passion for something. I mean, I could very well call somebody who's obsessed with sports a sports nerd. I mean, to I me, do it all the time. I do it just, all the time. It's just a passion for a specific <laughs> subject, a specific activity, whether it be sci-fi, whether it be movies, whether it be music, whether it be sports. So sure. it's just like what Bravo was saying, I think depending on the generation you grew up with. And I mean, yes, I was born in the late 80s, but during the 90s, there was Family Matters. There was Urkel. Oh. God. There was Urkel. I mean, there was still. In the 80s. What there was, was still yeah, sorry, Bravo. I was born in 86. Um, <laughs> but Jeez. there was still Urkel. I mean, there was still that stigma right. of having, you know, like you said, floods, the pants that don't fit. Urkel's wearing the suspenders, a bow tie. He's got, you know, tape wrapped around his glasses. So, and I and I went through that. I got glasses at an early sure. age, and yeah. I went through that torture. So. It's funny that, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's funny that you should uh, mention sports nerds because, you know, we all know what cosplayers look like. Mm -hmm. We've all been to conventions. We all know that, you know, that, that familiar, you know, cosplay situation. You've got somebody dressed up as Spider-Man or we do a little, you know, a little bit more of a complex uh, cosplay with the pieces that these people built from scratch and they look really damn good. But then you got, you know, you go to a tailgate party and you see people with uh, hats that are shaped like cheese that are on their heads. And they've got some sort of costume with numbers on What's them. What's the difference? A jersey. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. So why what, didn't the jocks what, and nerds get along then? I mean, no, because that's, that's the trick, things. though. That's the trick, though, is because, like, okay, so... From the, and I have to remember now, but from what I remember back in the day was that my brothers used to make fun of me because I was in AP classes in elementary school. So I was, I was in this group of 10 who was in the grade above. So I was in second, I was in a second grade class, but I was actually a first grader. We had first grader stuff, but 
also second. So it was like advanced all through elementary school. So my dad's thing, okay, he was born in 35. His thing was that I got a nerd for a son, right? <laughs> but what he's thinking is the technical aspect. So think back to the 50s when as we're coming out of World War II, technology is like boom. From World War II, it's TV dinners, it's TVs, it's phones, it's it's everything was just it, it for that time frame was just boom, boom, boom. And the old school way of thinking of the man will lift the heavy stuff and will do the hard work and will go out for 16 hours a day and provide was sort of shifting to needing the technical people to do the ones and the zeros and the NASA and, you know, the space race and those kinds of things. So those worlds were colliding. So my dad's, the pocket protectors and all that stuff that we saw in Revenge of the Nerds is actually a projection from like the fifties and sixties space control. What was it? Johnson control, baby. Those jokers with the, with the cigarettes and they got the ties and those guys were just super uber crazy smart. You know what I'm saying? And the nation needed them, whereas we're hailing the astronauts, and no mm-hmm. one can name a name of anybody who is in, you know, right. uh, Houston the control. Support team. Yeah, right. So the paradigm was shifting. And then, of course, with when you start getting into like a later age, it's when those guys are having kids who are having kids, and then it sort of bleeds down. But the, the technical – think of – what is it? Generation Z right now, or even the millennials. They, this is the first generation that grew up with cell phones. They, they, they've never been alive when there hasn't been a cell phone, a laptop, streaming TV. Mm -hmm. And how do you even talk to them? You know what I'm saying? Because there hasn't been this time where you were, Oh shit. What was Joey's number again? And you're hitting the rotary dial. Ah, I messed it up. I got to start over. And (laughs) no one remembers, you know what I'm saying? You don't remember that. I know that you do. It was at your grandma's house though, right? My grandmother had a rotary phone. I remember (laughs) I I had to remember. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was a junior in high school. So I still had to memorize phone numbers. So we had one in the kitchen. With that long ass yeah, table, a long ass. Yes. My mom would walk around the corner and get in the closet so she could yeah. talk yeah. all quiet. And- yeah, uh, you could believe that's funny. Out, and, and, we, and, and we see scenes like that, you know, in, in movies from the '60s. You know, we yeah. we uh, you know the like JFK, and you got they go to the kitchen and they had to pick up mm-hmm. the phone, and you know it's, it's funny. Uh, but let me ask you this because I'm going to ask Bravo uh, first of all because you and I, Shanti. Put us side Don't by side. Don't me in with you. <laughs> no, no. We we look like nerds. Damn. Nobody nobody's <laughs> gonna say that we're not nerds. Oh, we, yeah. we 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 act agree. like nerds. We 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 got glasses. We're 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 just nerds. The, one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to bring uh, Bravo in because you know other than the fact that he's wearing a, a kick ass uh, Lando Calrissian Millennium Falcon T shirt, you yeah, would no. not know that no, he's he looks a like nerd. a member of ZZ Top. No, right. <laughs> there's no way. That. You wouldn't think that he's a nerd. So I wanted right. to ask, I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask both of you guys, what was it like growing up? Um, uh, and Bravo, you said this before. I mean, you were kind of like a closet nerd. Uh, but what was it like uh, for you growing up, liking the stuff that you like? Was there a phase that you went through that you liked the stuff and it was public and then you had kind of had to hide it? What was that like? Um, I think what was funny and what was interesting and what I th- – I think what made me sort of popular, not popular, but, but like with my brother's friends and stuff and with my brothers eventually was the fact that I didn't give a crap, but I didn't know that I didn't give a crap. I just mm-hmm. did it. 
oh, G.I. Joe, oh, this, this is what I'm watching this weekend, whatever. And I kind of just spun in my own circle. I was on sports teams and, and was in these AP classes and those kinds of things. And, um, but I just did my own thing. And then the people that I hung out with, I mean, it was like while I was in class, there were things that we talked about while we were in the different classes, whether it was chemistry or whether it was animation or filmmaking or whatever, whatever it was where like everybody was equal or if it was, you know, okay, now we're studying, you know, whatever it was, some crazy AP chemistry or whatever, you know, something like that. Um, There's a different brand of kid that's in that classroom and there's a different brand of conversation. And I just sort of blended through all of it. The difference was, so that's through elementary school, but the transition from, okay, you're, because what happened at my elementary school was that 90% of my elementary school went to one junior high and 5% of us went to another one based off of where we lived. And the one that I went to was in a place in California called West Covina, where y'all would have fit in just fine. <laughs> but this guy, <laughs> and I think I was like 5'9", I was 5'8 or 5'9 in, in seventh grade. And at the time, coming out of summer, my hair was lighter and I have green eyes. And so it was Hispanics and, and Blacks and, and Filipinos was oh. was the big three. And then just, exactly. But in California, it wasn't a th- it wasn't truly ever really a thing. It right. just go. You'd have bump ins with people for whatever reasons, and then maybe it might go in a direction. But typically, it was just whatever. It was just how we grew up. Um, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But by the time that I got to high school, and that's like the next generation was really getting into it. And it was kind of there's girls, there's driving, there's drinking, there's parties, there's Star Trek Next Generation. You know what I'm saying? There's all these different things you could be doing on a weeknight. And I, I was like, I didn't, eh. I didn't do any of the first three or four things. Yeah. Well, I was, Star- yeah, because like- a, a lot of what I was doing was gaming. So I was, I was doing a lot of gaming. And then there just came a point in time where I'd say, hey, did you get the new whatever? And my friends were like, no. And we just, mm. and then I would find friends, different friends who did play that game. And that kind of was how that sort of my life kind of became that where I was like, oh, this is my Star Wars guy. This is my Star Trek guy. This is, you know, the girl I talk about Babylon 5 with or, you know, whatever it is. Sexy. (laughs) There was one girl who, yeah, she she was like a super uber nerd. For like no reason, like Babylon 5 to me, I was like, I could take it or leave it, but it was on. I don't know. It's not that I could take it or leave it. It was just that I wanted it to be more action-ish. Yeah. And I guess it did towards the end. But like at the very beginning, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the only, I don't know. Babylon 5 for me was a <laughs> rocky relationship. <laughs> but yes. That was too um, But there was a, that, that, that sort of where my friends were like, hey, look, girls are alive. And I was like, yeah, I've known that for a long time and I kind of don't care. Or I could, it's not that I could, didn't care. It was it just, just wasn't that, a priority. It wasn't. Yeah. No. And in, in, so I yeah. was almost oblivious to it. And then right. it was like, oh, here's, you know, in junior high was the first, junior high was the first time I actually sort of became self-aware mm-hmm. because I was nominated in seventh grade. I was nominated for the, <laughs> the, uh, the winter dance, which is kind of like the prom 
yeah. I was nominated for the prince. There's a prince and princess for seventh grade, and then eighth grade has king and queen. Mm-hmm. So I was nominated for the prince. So here's Weddle hanging out on the far left of the stage, <laughs> and everybody else is non-white. <laughs> and they named me, and the whole crowd was like, uh. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, oh. Because oh. I thought everything was cool, right? So yeah. I came home and my brothers were like, yeah, that school boy, <laughs> that school's a little different. <laughs> That's hilarious. So was, so, yeah. But the nerd thing, the nerd thing was like, okay, I'm I'm different because there's this one aspect. Then there's the athletic aspect. Then right. there's the I don't want to be bothered with the, what everybody thinks is cool stuff. I don't know. I would venture to say that you were kind of uh, 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 one of the lucky ones. You seem to have been a little bit more balanced in uh, the way that people related to you and the way you related to yourself and to other people. Um, hmm. That's that's not the case for a lot of people. Um, the 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 abuse that a lot of nerds got growing up. The uh, the ostracized uh, behavior between you know you and 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 your next door neighbor you know sitting in class um, there's a, there's a huge struggle between the two and it's a dichotomy that that exists for a lot of kids growing up uh, Shanti you're shaking your head and I know you know from talking to you. Um, you know, there was a big struggle with, with a lot of kids and, you know, without, you know, I won't ask you to get too personal, but what was it like for you growing up as a nerd? What did you do? What didn't you do? How many friends did you have? How many parties did you go to? Tell us. (laughs) Parties. (laughs) (laughs) Name them. So funny. Hysterical. Um, I don't even know how it started on. Okay. I am of, um, I have a Hispanic background. I was born and raised in Miami, but I don't really speak a lot of Spanish. A lot of people have told me that they would have never have guessed that I'm Hispanic. But I went to a school that went all the way from pre-K to the eighth grade in the same spot. So I pretty much knew everybody from the age of four to the age of 13. And that school was located in a very heavily Hispanic area. And unfortunately, because of the culture and because of the way that I was raised and this and that, that was actually one of the things that didn't help things, one. So I didn't speak Spanish. I wasn't overly Hispanic, whatever that might mean to some people, because that's one of the things that I would get all the time. And then tack on the fact that I wasn't a suck up. I wasn't the brain. I wasn't the class clown. I was socially awkward. I got glasses at the age of 10 and that really did not help things at all because in the nineties glasses were not fashionable yet. And I got teased to hell and back about my glasses. I wasn't the boy's first pick. I was totally ugly duckling. And then I didn't even feel like I fit in even with the girlfriends that I had. It almost felt like they were my friends out of pity. I just never felt like I fit in. And even though I I was intelligent, I just never felt like I was on the same level as as everybody else. And then, of course, tack on the fact that behind closed doors, yes, I was absolutely loving Star Wars and all this stuff. But I never I never spoke about it in school because I knew the girls that I was hanging out with, they didn't want to talk about that stuff. And then at that time, the boys weren't going to hang out with a girl 
And then, of course, you have to get into the whole, if I start hanging out with the boys, then you get, you know, all the homophobic slurs thrown at you, which had has happened to me, which I didn't like very much, honestly, which I have nothing against it. <laughs> but it's hurtful when it's being hurled at you as a, as a slur, especially when you're not. Mm-hmm. So I just got, I just got really tortured. High school was much better. High school, I have much fonder memories because it was different kids coming from other schools. So it started to get more mixed. And then I started to find my friends and my group of people who were more into the stuff that I was into, where I felt more comfortable talking about Star Wars and different types of music. Because even down to music, I mean, I listened to everything but I can assure you I wasn't going to find another freshman in high school who was listening to the monkeys like I was or listening to, you know, Pink Floyd. And like that wasn't that wasn't going to happen. That wasn't going to happen in middle school. So high school was much, much better. But those wounds are deep. I will say people yeah. don't realize it. I'm 35 yeah. years old and I feel like I am just healing, honestly. Yeah, well, that's so, that's hurt. the uh, that is the uh, that's the unfortunate thing. I think you know uh, one of the uh, one of the aspects that I wanted to get out from you guys from this episode really is to talk about how difficult it is to be your true self, mm-hmm. especially growing up. Um, you know, people tend to hide who they are. Mm-hmm. growing up one you know you're young and you're trying to find yourself and you're experimenting socially and what do you do and and who do you like and how do you behave with this person is it different than how you behave with that person and why is that you know we um we all wear different hats and personalities growing up because you know we're trying to fit in we're trying to put that square peg in the circle and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but i think the 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 um the earlier you f- you realize that you have to kind of you know give yourself a chance to to uh, to love yourself mm-hmm. and who you are, then anything around you is just you know is, is nothing. You have you have to kind of like really just you know give yourself that chance to to have others come to you. And I think um, you know a lot of people forget that. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, when you're young, you don't know any of that stuff because your brain is still developing and you're still kind of trying to figure yourself out uh, and other people around you. So uh, it, it's just uh, it's interesting. And it kind of pertains to mental health. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we even now on Twitter, we have adults that are you know still suffering from one thing or the other. And they're on Twitter sometimes for a reason. Sometimes it's a release. Science fiction, fantasy, all that stuff is, is, is a release. It's a it's an escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times that helps a lot of times, you know, you know, you, you get transported to a galaxy far, far away and you're, you feel like you're home, um, or you're talking to, you know, uh, a buddy about a movie and you feel like you can just be yourself. And I think that aspect of this genre, whether it's, you know, Star Trek or Lord of the Rings or Marvel movies, mm-hmm. I think, uh, it definitely, makes you think think outside of the box and i've said this before about the the fantasy realm but it definitely kind of frees your mind into you know into being comfortable and i i think a lot of tales in that genre kind of you know solidify that aspect you've got movies like the x-men who you know this is a group of outsiders that are are trying to fit in Mm -hmm. and how they relate how do they relate to each other how do they relate to the world um and this 
this can be interpreted in many ways. Uh, and it's, and it is interpreted in many ways. And it's, uh, it's even more so it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult when you're young because you're growing up, um, and going through unfamiliar territory. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, Shanti, you were talking about how you grew up and how even now you are, you seem to be just finding your, your groove Mm -hmm. and, um, and it's taken, and it's taken this long to do it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's stuff like that, that, that really, you know, intrigues me as far as, as you know, obviously I, I wear my nerd badge on my, uh, you know, as a badge of honor. And Mm -hmm. I, I love the fact, I don't think I had as difficult of a time, um, growing up as, as some of the stories that I hear from other people, Mm -hmm. um, only because I, you know, I had a really large group of friends that were also into the stuff that I was into, you know, obviously they were also, you were, they were also into sports and things like that. But for the most part, you know, we, we understood each other. Uh, we came from, you know, really good families that didn't, uh, you know, tolerate, uh, you know, being bullied and, and, being the aggressor. So yeah, in that aspect, I was very lucky, uh, to, to have grown up that way. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Um, I mean, look, everything has a good and a bad. And as I've gotten older, I've had, of course, I think I would have preferred to have not gone through that and have felt accepted by my peers because then I still probably wouldn't be a socially, awkward as I am when I'm meeting new people. But at the same point, the silver lining is also because I went through those things. I am a super empath. I'm very empathetic. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I can sit and really put myself in someone else's shoes before I open my trap or before I feel a certain way, because I know what it's like and it's not, it's not fun to be an outcast. It's not fun Mm -hmm. to be, shunned by society so to speak so when you see that happening to somebody else my heart goes out to them before i the 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 topic after my next question is going to be a little long-winded i feel because bravo and i we already had a a quick little conversation about that but i wanted to ask uh you know now even as adults i know shanti you said that you're even now you're still you know you're you're trying you're you're healing you're finding friends you're finding people and you know obviously uh i think the friends that we've all made on on twitter and social media through our you know respective projects have allowed us to meet a lot of people and really make some really great friendships. But what about clicks and what about groups and Bravo? I know we talked a little bit about this, but does that happen? I know it happens in the schoolyard, but is that, does that still happen with adults? And what do you tell, uh, I guess, you know, what do you tell yourself with, with clicks like that? And it's, it's, it's even, a more of a, a, a separating thing, you know, obviously we're all part of star Wars Twitter and we see drama from one end of the spectrum to the other. And there's still this click. Um, how do you, how do you quantify that in your brain now that you, that we are adults and we supposedly, we do know better. Bravo. Uh, I think, I think primarily it, it, it come, well, from my point of view, it comes down to, um, 
the sort of tribal aspect, the Lord of the Flies kind of mm. um, going back to because I felt wrong. Okay, so let me tell you this before I tell you that the my, from my perspective, uh, growing up, no one really bugged me because I was always bigger than everybody else. I was like I, I wrestled 155 in eighth grade, and so it was like. There was really no beef. I'd get some lip, you know, stuff like that. But ultimately what it came down to is I would see other people, the traditional types being picked on and they were known to talk with me or whatever have you. And so out of my eyesight, things were ha were happening and then I would respond to it. Hey, leave them alone or, you know, you think that's funny or, you know, stuff like that. Um, as far as clicks goes that what I've noticed is, is at least from my perspective is that because of the, the sort of, um, that wronged feeling of being on the outside that now that there's an inside normalcy is over there. And so there's the, the transference to where geeks can now feel normal because everybody's allowed to just be themselves or ostensibly we're supposed to be able to be ourselves in a normal environment. And everyone is supposed to be mostly tolerant of, you know, nonviolent or, you know, those sorts of tendencies, but you know, for the most part, be yourself and don't hurt nobody. But at the same time, you gravitate towards people. Everyone does this, that share passions and so you may be passionate about Star Wars, but what is it about it? And so there's, you know, the Plukun guys and you have the Leia, you know, the Leia groups over here. And you have the, oh, we don't like the sequels and we don't buy anything after X time, you know, those. And then all of a sudden you have these divisions that occur naturally because through conversation, you're going to have disagreement. The three of us can just not disagree or cannot agree on something. And it's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening is that what I've noticed is that there's the propensity to then shut it down. And in the Twitter universe, you can mute somebody. And so when someone just disappears and you stop, they stop interacting with you, you revert back to, I've seen, I've seen people, I've seen it in DMS. I've seen the reaction of, when groups outgrow somebody or all of a sudden overnight you wake up and you're in a group and you didn't realize you're in a group, you know, that kind of thing. That's what humans do. We gravitate towards similarities. Mm -hmm. But then from that, we unfortunately develop flags. Well, my flag is better than your flag and you know, that, that kind of thing. And then with the need to always be, or to be right first or to, get the most clicks as quickly as possible, then you have this, it's this engine. And so the engine requires clicks to then click out. So then not only do you have the personality, you then have the click that he, that that person, he or she is right closest to each of them now have their clicks because they're their own separate personalities. Mm -hmm. And then they have clicks and they, and that's what the top, person requires is the pyramid underneath them to to continue. be that whole click right. right yeah unfortunately the detachment as it gets away from what in the case i'm talking about the the what i would call amateur entertainment what we do um 
is the I'm just saying, you know, as far as it's not Hollywood and there's not millions of dollars or whatever, I've got a few couple dozen bucks in the whole thing. I'm just saying that it it in this sort of YouTube world there it that what's happened is that we and you can see it, the reversion back to a tribal instinct of fiefdoms. And from that, there will be a general kind of, oh, I like Star Wars. And then from that are sort of these big ideas underneath it. Why and what era? And then then you have your divisions in Star Wars in and of itself. Sure. Um, but yeah, it it I think that's primarily where it comes from is the uncomfortability of liking what they liked and and feeling Protected. wrong. Right. Wrong for right. liking what they liked. You know, someone yeah. made fun of them or something like that. I felt that I didn't feel that until the military. Where that's when I was sort of like, okay, well, I'll just do this, you know, I'll just do this privately. I don't really care. Until I became a sergeant, then I just started reading the books whenever I was like, I don't get, what are you going to do? You make it fun of me, do push-ups. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. at that point it was like, no, cause I'd already proven myself and those kinds of things. But yeah, right. no, I, I see it. I see the mentality because I, I had friends who were like that. I wasn't necessarily, you know, what is it? Uh, immune to being picked on. Right. It was just, my stuff was more like harsh ribbing mm -hmm. and theirs was like eating disorders and right. therapists, you know, that sure. kind of stuff, like long-term, yeah. it was bad. <clears throat> um, so yeah, in having seen that, that's, that's primarily because I, it, to Chantel's point, be, being empathetic to that aspect of it is that when I see that occurring, it was like, no, no, yeah. no, no, that you're not going to do that. Cause, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's hurt it's hurt adults that when, sure. when things happen, it, it, you know, all of a sudden you revert back to high school, I think maybe in, yep. in certain cases, maybe. I can, t I definitely see that two things about your statement. First of all, I have an armored car filled with singles in the garage. So I don't know what you're talking about. I'm making bank. And <laughs> I haven't seen any cut of that. <laughs> and, and second, I didn't, is there a Plo Koon group? Is there really? I, I didn't know that. No, what's weird, and I, you know what, I, the only reason I said that, and it's totally off topic, is because yesterday, yesterday I saw this badass thing on, it was totally like the, I was on eBay, I shouldn't be, ever, but I was on eBay, and I came across like three things removed from what I was looking at, I'm like, that is the coolest Plukun thing I have ever seen, <laughs> and so I wanted to tweet about it, but I had forgotten about it, and I was like, oh, I'll just do it in the morning. And before I could do it, I'm going through the timeline and Star Wars Theory had, hey, Blue Coon. And I was like, well, I can't put it out now. <laughs> so I was like, no, nah, I'll just sit on it. So, yeah, that was just in my brain yeah, from last hilarious. night, Blue Coon. But, you know, the uh, Disney uh, Plus released the gallery episode uh, yesterday or actually this early this morning. Uh, the making of the final episode there with uh, Mr. Uh, Master Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. And they did mention Plo Koon as the Jedi that they were going to, you know, bring out. But it that was kind of like a ploy. That was the the cover for the real Jedi that, you know, definitely showed up. But there, there was some artwork. There was some um, uh, concept artwork with Plo Koon. And I think that's I thought that's what you were referring to, which I thought was kind of funny that you threw that in. Oh, that is no. I haven't. I haven't seen the the. I I stayed off. Me neither. Like Twitter, the last two days, I've it's it's been. I've been in DMs, or I've just <laughs> been looking through like highlights because it's not. 
the timeline where like a spoiler would come out. So I've been basically yeah. staying away from all that stuff. have an incoming transmission from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Hotline, Commander, and we can't withstand a voicemail of this magnitude! Hey, Scarif Scuttlebutt, this is Todd Hoffman from WSTR Galactic Public Access. The question at hand is, nerds and geeks are taking over the world! Um, and why is that? I, you know, Growing up in the 80s, if you watched any movie in the 80s, like Revenge of the Nerds and all that kind of stuff, uh, there was definitely, that, that was it. There were nerds, and they were kind of outcasts, and I was uh, definitely, that played into that kind of stereotype throughout the 80s, you know? And so, for something that I loved as a kid, you know, going more into adult age, you know, Star Wars... It was a rarity, you know, see somebody with a Star Wars t-shirt or even talking about Star Wars. Um, and, I, you know, part of that is just the, you know, st- you know, p- only nerds and geeks hung out at the, the comic book store. And, you know, obviously, like uh, The Simpsons, the comic book guy, you know, with uh, actually it's in this, you know, this uh, comic, you know, comic book number, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, uh, you know, those, those were real people and real stereotypes, I think. And it just became kind of like this thing that it wasn't cool to be a nerd or whatever. Uh, I mean, you could be labeled that and that's fine, but there, you know, people are complex and they could have, they, they enjoy, um, enjoy, uh, what they love, you know, and you should. And that's, I think that's ultimately what a geek and nerd is, is just, you know, uh, really diving deep into something that you really love and, uh, there shouldn't be no shame in it. And I think before there was a lot of shame, like, Oh, I love this thing, or I love playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I can't do that because people think I'm a nerd or I only have a select people that I can share that with. And now it's more like, Hey, this is what I like. And, you know, again, with social media and stuff like that, you can find like-minded folk. So there you have it. Uh, Really appreciate you guys. Keep it up. And may the... I was going to say may the force be with you. But I'll say... And now that's the scuttlebutt. See you later, guys. Bye! Don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be included in the discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. Call 773-234-8659. And that's the scuttlebutt. Hey, what's up, podcast family? Ro here. Just wanted to give our patrons a heartfelt thank you, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We're super lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew, Alex and Matt, super fan of many of the pods on the Red 5 Network, Backyard Tardis, Nicholas Schaefer, what's up Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, Jay from Florida, and our newest patron, Frank V. Big thanks and a returning patron in the Executor tier, 97 Bravo, huge respect my friend, we thank you all for your support. 
And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. And don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. L- let me ask you this. Uh, you know, the same question as uh, Bravo, but I'll phrase it differently. Why are you so toxic on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> toxic or sarcastic? Isn't that my question? I go with sarcastic, me, not toxic. But, you know, talking about clicks, you know, uh, the whole adult thing, I was explaining to my son about trolls and, you know, he's 16 years old and Mm -hmm. he's not on social media and he can care less, but he, you know, he's like, but aren't you guys adults? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's worse. Sort of. Yeah. On most days. Yeah. (laughs) And forget even social media. Remember before the pandemic hit, I worked in an actual office with adults. And don't think that there aren't clicks that happen in a regular <laughs> oh, yeah. nine to five yeah. job as well. Yeah. But luckily oh, yeah. for me, I did grow somewhat out of my shell. And I'm actually known as the social butterfly in my office because <laughs> I talk to everybody and I participate nice. at work. So I am. But you know who the nerds are at work because like myself, we have the ability to decorate our cubicles. And of course, mm-hmm. I may be one of the few females in the entire office that their entire desk looks like Batman Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> threw up all over it yeah. and Star Wars. But I, yeah. I, I there's clicks really in an be, office too. Yeah, there are. And I, I, once I got out of the military, I couldn't in the military. I didn't really do that. I didn't really have an office like that, mm-hmm. but um, everything was sort of sanitized. Uh, but yeah, no. When I got out of the military and and was in the office and and doing those sorts of things, the the cubes and stuff. Mine was, mm-hmm. I had to project. You you didn't want to be told, look, we have to do these things, or people's lives are at risk. You know, whatever have you. Is that your Batman thing in the back there, <laughs> or what shirt are you wearing? Right. Yeah. I had to. There had to be a, a level. I was like in staff meetings and stuff. Yeah. I did, I had to promote. Now, as I became more comfortable and things like that, and you know, you'd have these you know, you're at a bar or something and and you're just chit chatting and they're like, holy shit. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Everybody (laughs) knows my desk at work. I even have a sign posted that says nerd corner because I have one corner of my desk that has like a bunch of stuff, just nerd stuff. That person though, when I find that person at a new job and they're like, really, you like this? And then all (laughs) of a sudden you have that, that one night where you're just talking. Exactly. That's what I do. That's what I have is like a friend or two. I'll go right up to a cubicle and say, oh, my God, I love whatever it is that you have. And, of course, as always, it's all the guys. But it's fine. It's cool. I mean, they're whatever. And I, it's fine. Whatever. It's nice. That's funny. (laughs) To have a connection. Absolutely. I had a uh, reporter, one of our new reporters that had come in and started. uh, They paired us up. This was a couple of years ago. Uh, We started editing and he, you know, brought out his laptop. And opened up the laptop, and on the surface of the the top of the laptop, the lid, uh, there was a giant imperial sticker on it. And I knew right there we would make a connection. So clicks do exist, yeah. whether they're good or bad. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the uh, the evolution, the actual evolution. I know we had a uh, question from uh, Charles from Conversations podcast.
was asking, do you think that there was a big shift at some point of the evolution of of the geek culture? And where do you guys think that evolution was? There's another follower and I can't find the screenshot, but they were talking about how um, they think that maybe the evolution started during uh, the you know, the, the very first Marvel cinematic universe movie, Iron Man, where it seems to, you know, Tony Stark was, was a nerd for all intents and purposes, but he was cool. Mm -hmm. Obviously his character within the, um, thing. Uh, but let's, uh, real fast. So let me ask you this, uh, guys, where do you guys think the evolution of the nerd really started to change? Because nowadays it's hip to be square. As the song says, mm -hmm. where, where did it happen? And uh, one final question that'll go along with that. Did we win? Bravo. What do you think? <laughs> um, I think for me and, and what I've seen, I think Generation X sort of uh, in that time frame, the uh, punk had gone from not mainstream, but kind of becoming popular to this grunge loner kind of thing where the mentality of the person who just wants to be by themselves or whatever have you was becoming cool. And so with that was this kind of blending. You had clerks, you had mall rats, you had these different movies that were coming out that kind of kicked off this angst that was like, we're pissed off. We don't know what to do. We're in between generations. No one's taking us seriously, you know, that kind of thing. And all the music that was coming out, the music that from the 90s that then transitioned into the early 2000s which was like like what is it like a simple plan i'm gonna mess up the band names or whatever but then it became those bands that were like dude our lives suck high school sucks and that was mainstream rock so that mm -hmm. was what the rockers were listening to and it it was just this constant battle against the man so i think the generation in and of itself sort of felt removed from those before and after it and from that we were able to sort of just be cool with what we were or be more cool with what we were or mm -hmm. I, I accept it a little easier whatever have you because we were watching these shows of all these outsiders look at married with children you could not have that show on today and you couldn't have it on like 15 years earlier. It hit right at the right time. Cops. Cops was another thing because it hit like a cynical. It hit right as this sort of boom, this mentality was going on. Country music was kind of like country rock rap. It it It's sort of kind of fine tuned and they split off, but they kind of perfected themselves into their own genres. And that was the nineties coming into the two thousands, which then of course gives us Batman and then gives us the Iron Man and those kinds of things. To your point, as far as Iron Man, I would probably say as far as modern or what we would typically think of as a superhero movie, Iron Man is your go-to movie mm -hmm. for, for geekdom and for those kinds of things for someone. What, what I look back to, though, is three years earlier with uh, Batman Begins. Mm -hmm. So when they were able to successfully tell Batman Begins the way they did, I was like, here we go. Now, DC mm -hmm. and Warner Brothers completely dropped the ball. They they did a good trilogy, but they didn't. They weren't in the mindset where Marvel was yet about doing a whole universe. And so 
they were just focused on it. So I think Chris Nolan did a fantastic job. Iron Man breaks it out. And where Iron Man, I think, is what the their overall point is, and I think I know who you're talking about, is the like the mid mid credit scenes, the genre that we know as being superhero stuff, being correlated with being cool to be a nerd. And yeah. then, yeah, I like Iron Man. Well, how many books do you have? Oh, actually, I just watched the movies, and people being okay with that. Right. That was the Generation X kind of thing, but then to our point earlier, these clicks and things, everybody's got to be like, well, I don't like the Mark seven suit. I like the Mark 45 suit. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. we can get down into the weeds, but I think, cause you had so many before that, even blade blade was phenomenal for mm-hmm. what it was at its time. It stood out at its time, but it wasn't until Batman and pff, till the dark Knight that the, that we actually looked at superhero movies like, all right, we could actually do this well. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the direction I was hoping that they would go into, you know, that kind of thing, more dark, more realistic that, mm-hmm. but it's not for me. And so if to make it PG 13, Batman's what we're going to get as far as bringing the fans in and stuff. I think you put more asses in the seats with MCU than you sure. do with like a Batman, mm-hmm. even though Batman's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You get longevity out of, how mcu has set this stuff up with the mid credits and oh my god that's so-and-so from six movies ago right. and oh, sure. that you know all that stuff yeah. people because make connections yeah right this generation of moviegoers certainly the ones I mean, what is it 10 10 12 12 years or something now that they've been doing sure. it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty amazing shanti what about you where do you think the change happened like i said it's it's hip to be it's uh hip to be square now so we I can mean, live all comfortably, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the timeline here. So I started high school in 2000 and graduated in 2004. And in those four years, while I the torture stopped, I still would not say even by the time I graduated, I still wouldn't say that nerds were considered cool yet at any point, honestly. But then I kind of agree with Bravo. I feel like once... Christopher Nolan came out with his Batmans and even the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies just because of the actors that you had in those movies and, you know, Kirsten Dunst and James Franco and, you know, just these really popular actors. I feel like all of a sudden it became acceptable to like, like those things as the general audience. And then Iron Man comes along and I think, mm-hmm. believe it or not, a lot of that doesn't even have to do with the fact that it's Iron Man. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that people were just floored that it was Robert Downey Jr. I mean, someone like my parents who grew up with Robert Downey Jr., my mom knowing all the shit that he went through in the 80s and the drug use. For her, she went to see Iron Man because of Robert Downey Jr. It was a big right. deal. It was a huge comeback. And then it ended up being a phenomenal movie. People loved Robert Downey Jr. in the role. And and I think actually a lot of credit goes to that, him being cast in that role. Right. And it just became acceptable from there. And uh, believe it or not, also, which is something I've been wanting to dedicate to, is Big Bang Theory. Sure. Big Bang Theory also yeah. came around that time. And it's now, what, the longest running sitcom, I think, mm-hmm. finally? It was on yeah. for 12 seasons uh, and i watched it from beginning to end i love that show and that show made me feel very comfortable 
being a sure. nerd. Yeah. And that show, uh, you know, that, and this could be a topic for another, uh, episode, but, uh, you know, it, it, it has some very stereotypical nerd characterizations. It does. Um, but those are Which, my friends and I see my, my people. friends in those guys. I do. I see my <laughs> yeah. friends in those guys and I see yeah. some of myself in those guys. Sure. So, and sure. That's, that's, that's the big thing too, is that I have one friend who used to call me Sheldon. And of course I don't, there's, I don't know, there's nothing, anything <laughs> about can, me that, that's uh, Sheldon. Oh right. But it's the, it's the delivery. It's the, it's the, the, um, the matter of fact, you're a dumb kind of thing. Yes, you yes. Shut up. You can shut up now. Cause stop talking. That, is the whole show <laughs> that's show. I'm actually show. rewatching it. Yeah, I'm on season it. season four. I've watched Hilarious. it so much. It's like Friends I now. Every, I've watched yeah. it so much. I can quote it. It's it's insane. That's hilarious. Well, I just want to thank you uh, both for joining us and Bravo. Sure. Thank you very much for uh, uh, having this really great discussion. Again, I wanted to have you on there because uh, you are definitely not uh, a Sheldon just, just by looking at you. <laughs> no. uh, but uh, I'm definitely going to go uh, to uh, to the store and look for that awesome Star Wars shirt for and sure. And we did win, by the way. Think, we have we won. We did win. <laughs> we have won. We have Absolutely. I think we did win. I think uh, we're going to the Emmys. <laughs> we're going to the we're going to the award show, baby. Put on your tux. But uh, there you go. Bravo. Let me know. Uh, let the uh, viewers or who's not viewers. They're not viewing this. Wow. They're listening. <laughs> Be OK. Let the Plo Koon group that is listening to us uh, know about you, where they can find you and what uh, what your uh, socials are. Uh, OK, well, I'm. 97 bravo and i'm on twitter i'm on youtube twitch um i got my let's see i have it up here <laughs> i don't even know my own stuff i'm so bad at promoting it <laughs> but i have so you can find me you could just search uh 97 bravo how it's spelled uh you know 90 spelled out then the number seven then bravo i have to remember that i'm on audio right now but then 97 bravo.com is where everything is sort of coalesced um where I have links to Twitch, the Twitch feeds and YouTube feeds and, and stuff like that. My podcast uh, feed and on the website, it's it's sort of just thrown together. But there's a lot of stuff that I want to do that's, you know, more more about pictures, more about showing off what's going on in the local area and stuff. You know, Star Wars in real life um, stuff I've seen around here. I, you wouldn't believe some of the stickers I've seen, and I, I, I need seriously need to start documenting these things because they're awesome. So yeah, those will go funny. up on the website. But, but yeah, absolutely, awesome, awesome. And um, I was gonna say something funny, and I totally forgot. Just lost <laughs> you it. Hate it when that happens. Hate it. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And once again, thanks to Sean, our Red 5 resident geek, who uh, just uh, put in a, I think it's a bio link. So uh, check out the Red 5 Network uh, Twitter account. You'll find all of our listings in the pinned tweet, and it's alphabetical. So 97 Bravo will be uh, somewhere in there, uh, along with the rest of the Red 5 team. Uh, if you're looking to uh, be entertained and find a podcast that you like, uh, head on over to the Red 5 Network. Check out that pinned bio. Thank you, Sean, very much for doing that for us, and uh, you'll find all of us there. Uh, Shanti, what's next for you? I am actually going to, well, as soon as I get off of here, I'm going to be jumping on to uh, Rachel's live show. She's doing a birthday live show today, and I think she's just going to do a bunch of bowl challenges. Nice, so it should be nice. Fun. 
So I'm going to be on there with her. Excellent. I'll, uh, I'm going to join you after this quick Zoom chat. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, that it'll get a little uh, racy there, as it usually <laughs> it does, does, I guess. It always does. I'll be there. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a guarantee. <laughs> but a happy birthday to Rachel. Yes, very happy birthday to Rachel. Happy birthday, Rachel. Again, thank you very much, guys. Uh, this was a great discussion, The Evolution of the Nerd. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Until next time, this is Ro from the Scarab Scuttlebutt Podcast. Brad, stay safe wherever you are. May the force be with you. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>